0: Okay, one side note is I just went to push publish on this episode. I got noticed that one of the people we talk about, uh, Christians Engaged Organization, has been granted their tax-exempt status. The IRS res- reversed their position on that, and they are now tax-exempt. So we'll talk a little bit about that in the Episode, so just
1: stay tuned. Wake up, church! There's a war going on for the soul of our country where the lies of the demonic control the narratives of our culture. Join your host, Gary Duncan, in search of the kingdom warriors of our time those not afraid to speak up and walk out the word of God in the face of evil. Get ready for a supernatural impartation, a spiritual download of faith and fire into your life. Welcome to the Remnant Revolution.
0: Well, welcome. Welcome to the Remnant Revolution podcast. Going to be talking with Keisha Russell with the First Liberty Institute, and this is in my this is the kickoff episode for the series Freedom Fridays. Now, um, thank you Keisha. Appreciate you coming and joining me today.
2: No problem. Thanks so much for having us on.
0: Tell us a little bit about, you know, what what do you guys do and how you help people? And while we're doing I'm going to share the screen so we can see your actual uh, website and just talk a little bit about what you guys do.
2: Sure. So we are the largest legal organization in the nation that is dedicated exclusively to defending religious liberty for all Americans. So we take all kinds of cases, um, uh, representing religious people who have their religious liberty threatened, either organizations or individuals. Uh, so we'll do, um, public square, you know, cases in public square, meaning memorials or um, nativity scenes. We also do cases in education, uh, which would include uh, valedictorians, um, students that want to start Christian clubs, um, all kinds of things like that. We also have a military pillar uh, where we help chaplains and any of the service members that may have been uh, as you see that case chaplain Calvert there, that's a case we recently won with a chaplain that was um, reprimanded uh, just for sharing his religious beliefs. Uh, um, and so, yes, so that that's basically what we do. And we do represent all of our clients for free um, because we are a ministry. We do believe that a lot of the people who are going to face religious discrimination may not be able to pay for the fees, uh, that would come with sort of a legal challenge. And so we, we, um, offer our services free of charge.
0: Really? So if, if I'm in a business or whatever, and let's say the cake, you know, the big one everybody knows about is the, the people that baked the cake, uh, yeah. there were some issues with that. Um, you know, yeah. I don't have to worry about trying to defend myself because of the cost and all that you guys would step in and do that for free.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that, that sort of the the cake figure situation, if you're being asked to participate in something that violates your religious beliefs and say you're sued uh, for denying that or um, saying you can't do that, then you could call First Liberty or visit us at firstliberty.org. And we would look in your situation and see if we can help you for free.
0: So it would be, I'm going to go back to this. Um, So like on your, you have, uh, you know, just real quick, you guys do donations and that's how you really are able to do this for free because people donating in the money, correct? Yes.
2: So yeah. So people donate to us so that we can represent our clients for free. We pay for all their legal fees. Um, and essentially all of our, we offer all of our legal services for free, including, um, you know, publicizing that case and making sure people know about it and, um, hear about it as well.
0: Okay. Well, let me, let's start out with talking about, um, I guess what would be the, the most prevalent issue that, that you're, we're facing today as Christians? Talk a little bit you know, about that, but also as Christians, how much are we being uh, targeted or attacked for our belief from, from y'all's standpoint of, of what we're seeing? You know, are, What kind of cases are you seeing that are really starting to, to ramp up?
2: Yeah, so uh, you know, we, we first Liberty uh, started in 1997, where our president Kelly Shackleford uh, decided he was choosing between whether to be a pastor or a lawyer. And oh, really? a friend of his told him, "Well, we, you know, we've got a lot of pastors, but we don't have that many Christian lawyers." Um, and so he decided to start an organization like First Liberty that would be there to defend Christians. And uh, right now, we defend people of all faiths. Uh, from religious persecution because ultimately we know at first liberty that if the government can tell you what to believe and how to worship then ultimately they can control you completely which is why we know that a lot or historically a lot of the most oppressive government regimes in history always start by squelching religious freedom because once your religious freedom is gone your freedom of speech is gone your freedom of association is gone and then every other freedom just kind of topples after it
0: so are, are you seeing are you seeing a a, a really, a deficit in Christian lawyers? I mean, is that something we really need to be pushing to get people interested in that field?
2: Well, I could tell you that. I mean, there's Christian lawyers, but there's not a lot of Christian lawyers that are religious liberty. There's not a lot of lawyers on okay. religious liberty at all. Religious liberty is a very sort of nuanced, um, narrow field. And although there are tons of cases, there's a lot of opportunity to help a lot of people. There's just not a lot of people that even know that this area of law exists. So kind of getting the word out about that would be great. I think just knowing that we could use as many people as possible to help us in this fight. But in terms of the trends, I mean, ultimately as a former teacher, one of the things that I see is that there's this real big push right now to control the, the generation, uh, the next generation's mind and the thinking of the, of, of the next generation. And so pushing a lot of things in public schools that, make not only conflict with religious beliefs, but also uh, sort of introduce the idea that any sort of form of religious expression is not um, acceptable. And then, of course, you have this full-on attack against religious schools that want to maintain their religious beliefs and their religious convictions. And you've got a lot of these suits targeting those religious schools, universities and colleges telling them that they need to change their conviction. So that's one area where we see a lot of big things going on, but certainly more broadly is sort of this idea that people need to violate their faith in order to serve the public, in order to be in social services. So one really great example of that is the case that the Supreme Court decided, um, I guess it would be about a week and a half ago now, Fulton versus Philadelphia. So in that case, there was a religious adoption agency, a Catholic adoption agency that has been serving the city of Philadelphia since the 1700s. So that's before the government cared for orphans or, uh, you know, displaced children. This organization was doing it out of the kindness and, of their hearts, their religious compulsion. Uh, to Which serve is what churches children. are supposed to
0: do, right? What organi- yeah, church, exactly. church organizations are supposed to do that.
2: Right, right. And, and you'll find that a lot of these social services were founded by, started by religious individuals um, out of that compulsion to serve God. And so recently in 2018, the city of Philadelphia told that adoption agency that um, unless it agreed to certify same-sex couples, even though that was against their religious beliefs, that the city would take away that adoption agency's ability to continue serving in the foster care industry. Now, one of the really interesting things about this case is that no same-sex couple ever even approached this Catholic adoption agency for assistance and certification there are about 40 other agencies in the city and um so even in this situation the government was only able to use the fact that it knew what the religious convictions of the it knew the religious convictions of that agency and used it to compel them to violate saying you either affirm that you will do this that you will violate your beliefs or we're going to deny you the ability to continue in this social service so <clears throat> that I think is just very uh, bold and should be really scary to a lot of people that, you know, the government is at the place where it says just because we know what you think and we know what you believe, that's enough for us to say that we're going to compel you uh, to bow down to popular opinion and popular ideology. Hmm. So thankfully,
1: <clears throat>
2: I was just going to say that thankfully, the Supreme Court decided 9 0. Which means even the liberal justices uh, sided with the Catholic adoption agency to say that the government could not force this Catholic adoption agency to violate its beliefs to continue in the social service.
0: Excuse me. Now, I was I was listening to um, a podcast. I think it's Moeller report that mm-hmm. he was he had mentioned. I think it was him that you never get a nine and zero decision. And in order to get a nine and zero, you have to both sides have to give up something. And, I, and I'm not sure if it's this case or not, but I believe it is. To where um, uh, Kennedy, um, Justice Roberts, Kennedy, yeah, he he gave a, st- a scathing review of what they did because what they did was give up on a bigger battle in order to win the smaller battle. Does, do you, does that ring a bell or anything? Cause I, I was reading, I thought, well, that's great, you know, nine to zero. But then we w- when I read into the details, it was more about, um, they were, they were fighting a different, uh, you know, I, don't, I didn't read deep enough to understand what it was, but does that sound? Well, I can
2: all? tell you that, I mean, you know, the majority opinion there really says that the, the Catholic adoption or the uh, city of Philadelphia, their, you know, regulation uh, that they were using against the adoption agency was not really neutral, right? So basically, they had all kinds of other reasons why agencies could refuse to certify couples, but it was not allowing this Catholic adoption agency to refuse to certify couples for religious reasons. Mm. Okay, so the other battle in this case is that, um, you know, the other question that was up for a decision was a question about a case called Employment Division versus Smith, because uh, the Catholic Adoption Agency asked the court to review that case and decide whether to overrule it. In religious liberty, Smith is a really big decision. came down in 1990, and it basically said that the government can violate your beliefs um, if their law is neutral and it applies to everyone. Prior to that, the law, you know, the government really had to meet a very high burden to violate your religious beliefs at all, to burden your religious beliefs at all. And so that decision really kind of, well, really decreased and in some ways destroyed that government uh, burden and made religious liberty cases very, very difficult to win, particularly in the free exercise context. And so the Supreme Court could have reviewed that decision and maybe possibly even overturned that decision, but decided not to um, and decided that under Smith, uh, the, like I said, the real question is whether the law is neutral and generally applicable to everyone. And if you decide that the law is neutral, um, then like I said, the burden really decreases for the government to be able to burden your religious exercise. Essentially, they can burden you if the law is neutral. And so to get around that question um, and to get around the ability of even having to um, deal with that question, the Supreme Court said, well, that case doesn't matter because this rule isn't neutral. Um, This regulation isn't really neutral because there are exemptions. And so it really doesn't apply to everybody. Um, and so that's how the su- Supreme Court was really able to skirt that, that Smith question. And that could be what uh, Albert Mueller was talking about yeah, um, on the podcast you heard. Of course, I did not hear it, so I'm not sure. But that that was one of the critiques that many of sort of the conservative um, commentators have talked about uh, re- relevant to that case.
0: Yeah, that, that's what I heard. It was Albert Mueller. And it was that, you know the, the liberal-leaning judges had to give up something and the, the conservative-leaning judges had to give up something, so they came to that agreement, and that case happened to be the one that I think it fell upon. But, um, yeah, so how do did, how did we get... I mean, I got an idea how we got to where we're at in this culture, but how did we get to where the government can have such power that they could, could care less about breaking their own constitution and, and all of our Congress people and all the people involved in government, they can just lie with an impunity. They There's no accountability in this total, totalitarianism, if I say it right. You know, how do we get here?
2: Well, I think that one of the issues is <clears throat> that as Americans, we need to really understand that we, are the ones in control and we are the ones who have the power that we have to hold the government accountable whenever they violate our constitution, whenever they violate the agreement that we made as the American people to allow ourselves to be governed. Um, so and that is the constitution.
0: But um, didn't, didn't our president just say in the last week that if we're going to redress our government, we're going to need F-16s and nuclear bombs. I mean, that, that was the most, tyrannical dictatorship. Uh, you put all kinds of names on that, but th- that right there it shows the arrogance and the disregard to our constitution that I don't think he has a clue what that. it's about.
2: I did hear that statement. Um, and I, you know, I heard people commenting that he made that I didn't actually see the statement. Um, I just heard about it, but You know, regardless of what, you know, people say publicly, the Constitution is written the way it's written, the law is written the way it's written, but we really can't enforce those things if we don't understand them. And so one of the things that I think is, is an issue is that not everyone understands what the Constitution says, what the separation of powers says why judicial neutrality is important and you know as americans we have to know that just because we don't agree with someone that doesn't mean that we should allow the government to take away their rights just because we don't agree with someone's religious beliefs that doesn't mean we should go along with them being oppressed um because just like that in two or three seconds we'll be the ones um Mm -hmm. who are being oppressed so um you know i i think it's just it just it just warrants us remembering that at any time it can be us. And which is why we need to hold the government accountable, no matter who is being oppressed in the situation.
0: Right. And, and the Bible, you know, Bible tells us our, his people perish for lack of knowledge. Correct.
2: Yeah. Um, And and that's true. We, if we don't understand how to keep our freedoms in place, then we will lose them.
0: Uh, So I'm going to say this, but I don't know how it's going to come across, but our ideally if Mar- americans knew the constitution we wouldn't need to um i don't know this i was gonna say we don't need lawyers to protect us because we know what we're doing and and the government would do it but that's like saying you wouldn't need a doctor right i mean we do need yeah, I mean, you guys really bad
2: yeah i mean there's always going to be attempts at attacking and tearing down the constitution and law and government sometimes it's mm-hmm. not necessarily people that are looking to nece- to tear down the constitution There. There's this testing that happens on a regular basis for the the, the stability of our freedom. And so you're always going to need lawyers to put those things in place. Uh, but you also need people who are willing to fight for them. And yeah. a lot of times people are not willing to fight.
0: Because they're scared and, they're, and they don't want their businesses destroyed or their personal lives destroyed. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think that's the culture we're in. Uh, right. What's another, uh, I think where i heard about you guys actually was through an epoch times article on um a case where christians engaged um uh, just got their tax-exempt status uh denied by the irs and and that basically that brought back memories of the tea party and all the stuff that was going on with on the that and i and i was watching a lot of the the hearings and i vividly remember this one lady in her um organization that was she's just you know just a normal person that Mm -hmm. wanted to do something to help educate people and her husband was in construction I believe and she was testifying that that before she applied for this exemption and and her organization she never heard from the government but after all this started she had five different agencies knocking on her door from the OSHA to the IRS to the to who knows what. But she she talked about how all of a sudden they came out of the woodworks just for her, little o' her. And at the time I was thinking about myself starting some type of tax exempt status to to do something similar in, you know, conservative manner. And just case after case, you're hearing these people getting targeted and i watched some of the hearings where the the director of the irs was interviewed and it just you could just see the smugness and the arrogance of this man lying through his teeth I, well can't say lying through his teeth but we've seen many people stand up there in front of congress and say things that have been proven to be false uh, so let's talk about that case a little bit and and with the irs and because this one's interesting the way In their last, uh, I wrote it down, I don't have it with me, but the the way they described, if you believe in the Bible, you believe in sanctity of life, you believe in marriage, you believe in same-sex, you know, you don't believe in same-sex marriage, that that is typically reserved for the Republican Party, and that's why they denied it. So that, that was one of their reasons. I mean, for them to come out and explicitly say, because you're Republican, or you have conservative values, that nullifies you from being tax exempt.
2: Yeah, it it is. It's, it's bizarre, um, and really disturbing. So, you know, Christians engaged is uh, an organization that seeks to educate Christians, um, about issues, uh, from a biblical perspective, ensuring that they can participate in government and politics in a, um, and in a knowledgeable way, right? And so Christians Engage is nonpartisan. It does not um, necessarily correlate its beliefs with a, a Republican way of thinking. Um, it will educate Democrats as well as Republicans, um, anyone who wants to know a biblical perspective on the issues. And so the IRS is really just saying, oh, because you're political on purpose. That means that we can't give you 501c3 status. But ultimately, Christians Engaged is eligible for 501c3 status because it is a religious organization, and it's seeking to educate the public. Um, and so what the are is really what you would call viewpoint discrimination discrimination. Engaged is coming from a biblical viewpoint. a a particular uh, opinion on certain issues, the IRS does not want to protect this entity just because of those viewpoints, which if you think about what that would mean for some other organizations and 501c3s in the future, you'll see just just how serious uh, this issue really is.
0: Hmm. Let me me show you this. Are you familiar with who Act Blue Charities is?
2: Um, I've heard of Act Blue, but I don't I don't um, know very much about them.
0: Okay, well, I mean, I won't. I mean, I won't get too deep in it. But as I was reading a little bit about um, about tax exempt status and stuff, I ran across this because I was interested about you know, well, what other what is maybe a progressive um, organization that says they're that that are are tax exempt, but then you can go on their online and, and see how partisan they are. Uh-huh. And this one, Act Blue, Act Blue Charities, I thought was interesting because I started looking at going, well, there's a, past, there's a way to get around this because it says it's a path, pass-through organization created to facilitate donations to left-of-center 501c3 nonprofits. It is the 501c affiliate of the 501c4 nonprofit Act Blue Civics and 527 political action committees. So, help me, and and maybe this is not in your purview, but how how are they able to raise money and then and raise money as a tax exempt status and, and get tax free dollars and then turn around and turn around and donate it to nonprofits that aren't tax exempt? It's the same thing as just getting tax exempt money. It's just a funneling effort.
2: Well, certainly if they're a 501c3 and, you know, the IRS has granted them 501c3 status, there's obviously some discriminatory practices there if they refuse to grant that same status to an organization like Christians Engaged. Um, so that that certainly presents um, an issue um, in the IRS's, um, you know, treatment of a religious organization.
0: Is it is it hard to prove a lot of this that we're seeing? Because to me, it's, a lot of what we've been living through it has been behind the curtain, uh, deceitful, uh, malicious. Because uh, I, you know, a lot of the podcasts that basically the the bottom line for my podcast is we do not wrestle against flesh and blood; we wrestle against powers, principalities, in the heavenlies. And as we're seeing in this country, there's a power. There's a power organization that is in the heavenlies, that's controlling a lot of this undermined, unseen activity until it gets revealed, in which a lot of it's getting revealed now. We're seeing that. Um, So how how do we see, how do we get around, I don't know, the question I guess is, if the IRS on one hand is saying that Christians engaged is not a nonpartisan organization but on the other hand they're allowing a company a, a charity to be classified as 501c3 and then not real not exposing the fact that they're giving all that money to a left-leaning organizations
2: well that that would be difficult for me to answer just because i'm not uh, sort of an expert on uh, okay. you know the IRS uh, regulations um, in that regard, but as I mentioned, you know, it definitely pr- pr- uh, proves that there's some discriminatory practices because um, if the IRS is saying that Christians engaged can't be 501s um, can't have 501c3 status because of their viewpoint. Uh, but actually can, that sort of proves that there's some sort of disparate treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly that's something that here, at, you know, at First Liberty, we're going to continue to work on and fight. Um, we'll work on Christians engage and anyone else, any other organizations that have their 501c3 status denied or revoked because of their biblical viewpoints or perspectives uh, should certainly reach out to us at firstliberty.org as soon as possible.
0: Um, one of the, one of the, um, cases i noticed it, it's a um, i think it's a cupcake what what is the do you remember uh, i was trying to find it real quick it's a case where and it's like four or five years old that it's still going on a lady that had a another cake business somewhere and she um declines
2: the i can uh, talk about that one i'll have to um i'm gonna have to wrap up here okay okay uh, here soon, but let's talk about the client. So First Liberty has, uh, some clients called the clients. Um, Melissa Klein has, um, had a cake baking business, um, and she was fined for, uh, not wanting to make a custom cake for a same sex wedding. Now, a lot of people hear these situations and one of the biggest points of misinformation here is that they refuse to serve another individual. And that's not true, um, you know, in, in this case and in many other cases that, you know, happen in this space, those, uh, any individual can come in and buy anything off the shelf, any sort of cake or cupcake or whatever that's on the shelf, they can come in and buy. This is not a situation where, you know, people are not given access to a store because of who they are. That is not what's happening. What is happening is that these customers are coming in and saying that they want, these individuals to use all of their creative expression, their speech, essentially to create something that they do not agree with. So it's like going into your business, your creative endeavor and telling you, you have to use your creative talents in order to promote something that you do not believe in something that violates your religious beliefs. And that is a totally different thing than someone walking into a store and not being served. Right. So what's happening here is sort of the compulsion to participate in something that you don't agree with, um, and that w- that's what happened in the Melissa Klein case. Um, right now, we're waiting for um, a decision from the circuit court. There, uh, uh, we we decided um, we we were lost that case, and 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 we're waiting for the Ombok decision now um, to decide whether we're going to go ahead and take that case to the Supreme Court. Um, but it's 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 a really you know, um, unfortunate situation at this point that we're in a place where, you know, people think that they can force you to participate in something that you don't believe in. Um, and even more unfortunate that it is described as, as, as something, you know, far more sinister than, than is what's going on there. Um, that if you, if you look on some of the other news, stations and listen to the way they describe these cases, they're not described accurately. And so the public really isn't given an opportunity to see what's really going on here. Um, and to me, that that's probably, you know, one of the greatest tragedies of what we do at First Liberty is that we are, we're always having to combat the misinformation and the miseducation of the public.
0: What, what last question, What what's the best way for us as Christian to help in that misinformation exposure that the campaign against it is to expose it is it, it well it's hard to do it on facebook and it's hard to do it on everywhere else because we're getting canceled like crazy how do we go about that is it is it just tell people one-on-one get educated about what's going on and tell your neighbor and get your neighbor to tell somebody and just like you do the well, gospel
2: well yeah i mean and i think you know definitely we have at first we have uh, a newsletter that you can get every week to stay informed on what's going on. Cause you've got to know what's going on in order to promote it and talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, and just to ensure that you're taking, um, you know, the authority over your own, the, the information that you're receiving um, and doing your best to educate yourself thoroughly um, and not leaving that education to, um, you know, people that may not share your beliefs or may not uh, be interested in you having all the facts.
0: Okay, so great. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so go to firstliberty.org, sign up for the newsletter. If you need legal help, uh, there's a, a sign up for that. You can type in your information there as well. Keisha, it's been very informative. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit and talk with us today. Any last parting words?
2: Well, just I want everyone to stand firm in their beliefs and you know to be bold. And to you know, don't don't be afraid to live out your faith um, as much as possible. And if you run into any trouble for doing that, definitely contact us at firstliberty.org. Well,
0: thank you, Keisha. Thanks, for, uh, First Liberty, for what you guys do. Y'all have a great day.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Thanks again for listening to this episode of Remnant Revolution. If you liked what you heard, please leave a comment and rating in iTunes and Google Play. This helps us get heard by more people. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and family. Be sure to visit www.RemnantRevolution.org to join the conversation, access the show notes, and keep up to date on important events and programming. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at RemnantRevolution. Until next time, armor up, stand up, and speak up.